Lower your expectations. It's a hockey podcast from Lance, Coach, and Randall. Gabe Gifford Hockey is our Season 2 sponsor. Fantastic young man. He has recorded 21-hour stick time lessons and put them online as a course. It'll take your little champion through 20 hours of competitive hockey lessons. You can get more out of stick and puck with your child. It's better, and it's a lot less expensive than a regular private coach would be. Give him a look, because he's a great kid, and he's helped us out a lot. Hello, and welcome to Youth Hockey Podcast, Episode 7, Season 2. And the first thing out of the gate we have to do is thank you, the listener. We have become so popular, Lance. Can, would you like to tell people what we broke? Well, we broke the record for the most listens in one week Holy. since we started. I know. And this is not in the tens, listeners. This is in the hundreds. And I am here today to issue the listeners a challenge. <laughs> I'm here to thank you and to issue you a challenge. If you push us over a thousand listener listens a week, if we can get a thousand people listening to this, this podcast, I promise not to say anything for one episode. Oh man, that's, that's, that's easy now. You're going to get that. Oh, Lance knows what I'm talking about. There's there was somebody on the uh, internet who uh, wrote into the show, and he, he basically said Lance is fantastic, and um, um, I'm not going to say what he said about me, uh, Raleigh, but I'm going to imply that uh, he didn't want to hear very much from me. So, uh, right. uh, Raleigh, I will leave it to you then and Lance to do the show. Wow, I don't know. You're you're yeah, kind of the you're the glue. You're the nucleus that holds it together. Well, exactly. Like you know, Jerry, uh, Jerry Lewis needed Dean Martin and uh, Laurel needed Hardy. And I would love to be Costello. Dean Martin. He was fantastic. I, if I can be your Dean Martin, give me a martini. I'll sign up. Uh, so for <laughs> episode seven, uh, Lance was going to start off with uh, there was a, a kind of push to expand AAA hockey in California. Uh, this might not uh, uh, fit everywhere and every when and all that, but it does certainly fit uh, some of the models of, of, of where hockey are, is not that, uh, is not Canadian hockey. It's not where there's 500 rinks and 700 teams to go to. Uh, and when um, Kaha recently added AAA teams, there was a kerfuffle. Uh, Lance, what would you like to say about it? Uh, well, I'll give you some background first, because I, I think I understand how the contraction or the logic behind the contraction started. Uh, and it certainly made sense to me at the time. Uh, and that was because uh, when you had any and every team uh, able to field a triple a triple A hockey program, um, I think the state felt like it was creating kind of a watered down effect. And what was happening is when we went to like the, uh, uh, the Quebec tournament for the Pee Wees, the Brick tournament, and various tournaments, um, I think California teams were struggling uh, versus these other teams that just seem to have just built on all-star teams, you know, the very best of the best competing. So, so they felt like, okay, if you, if you scaled it down from, you know, say 10 AAA teams to like one or two, you're going to get the best of the best on those teams. And when Lance, you go do you mind state, if I, do you mind if I interrupt here? Sure. Would you like to hear a joke that a guy from Quebec told me? Sure. 
how does a California hockey team count to five in a major tournament? How? Oh, and one, oh, and two, oh, and three, oh, and four. Oh, that's cold, isn't it? It was cold. It was cold. <laughs> and he said it in a French accent, which made it even colder. Please continue. That, that reminds me of uh, the old yeah. uh, Buffalo joke about the new. Uh, did you hear that Buffalo got a new uh, area code? 044. <laughs> People that, you know, you got to, you got to, yeah. you got to know That's your NFL nice. history for that yes. one. I know. Oh, for four. That is, uh, you're, of course, talking about uh, the Jim Kelly days uh, in Buffalo. And the Buffalo Bills are coming back, though. If yeah. there's anyone in Buffalo, you are some lucky bastards. You're watching some good football right now. Yeah, they were uh, good this week. Oh, God. They look great. Lance, uh, pray continue. I'm sorry I interrupted. By the way, but before we do continue, I will just add one more thing about that because uh, I was watching football this weekend and I got to believe that the NFL set a record this weekend. I've never seen so many missed field goals in one weekend uh, with games online. I think in the Green Bay game that were like, what was it, like four to six field goals <laughs> missed yeah, the was... in, like, in the final three or four minutes in overtime that could have won games. So A lot of extra points being missed too. Yeah, it was interesting. But uh, but anyway, getting back to AAA hockey. So I understood the logic of it is the fact that California teams were having weren't showing the best uh, because of the fact that, the, you know, whether it was watered down teams uh, or, or whatever. So that I know that's what they contracted. But the other side. Of, so the one side of the argument is, is the less teams, the better the teams are going to be. And you're really going to have a true triple a uh team that's competing uh nationwide uh the the other side of it is is that when you have a huge talent pool it really limits kids you know there's a lot of kids who are outstanding hockey players who are being forced to play double a because there's just no room for them but if you expand the league uh like it seems like they're doing now uh there's more room for more players to get that experience so i guess i throw it back out to you guys who have kids I mean, what do you think? Is it good to have more teams uh, or bad? You know, I can only speak to a few of the teams locally here who seem to be going through a huge drought right now, uh, being able to, to feel competitive, uh, competitive teams uh, nationwide. So does it make sense to expand it even more? Well, should we, uh, should we explain? I, I think we should explain um, what, actually has been going on in California because I don't think a lot of people outside of our state actually, un, you know, know anything about the AAA situation previously. So I don't know if you want to, well, I, I mean, I guess I could just jump in and, yep, and, do it. and explain to people. That's that, why we love you, Raleigh. I, I, I have my own kind of terminology for some of this stuff where, you know, whether it's correct or not, but, but in general, um, you know, California, California's um, USA Hockey um, uh, district is, or, or, or a governing body is the California Amateur Hockey Association or CAHA, so we all call it. And um, so at some point, and this is, you know, I, this has been this way as far as I know, ever since my kids started playing hockey, is that there was um, three organizations that Caja recognized as having a franchise on AAA, which is basically that every year they were expected to have a AAA team at every birth year. 
And those three teams were, or previously were um, the Junior Kings, who play in El Segundo, so it's SoCal, the, um, <clears throat> the Junior Ducks, who now play out of Irvine. Previously, the Junior Ducks and the Junior Kings had a lot of overlap where kids, depending on what the team was, they might be playing sort of in between El Segundo and, and uh, Orange County like in Lakewood, and, and there's a lot more intermixing, but Irvine's now a lot farther south. And then uh, in NorCal, it's the Sharks. And those were the only three organizations that were allowed to have AAA teams without kind of having to go to Caja and explain why they should have a AAA team. Um, and, and if they want, if another club thought that they could field a triple a team there were some other uh, rules i i don't know if those rules are still in force or not there, there used to be rules as as well as far as if you wanted to have a triple a team you also had to have some double a team you had to have i think at least two double a teams at different age groups or you know in in combination so there's some other rules that kind of limited like a, a, a club just sort of saying, hey, at this birth year, we've got all these kids and they're really good. We think they could be AAA. Um, but at, at any rate, um, so this is what the system has been for a long time. And if you if your kid, you know, if you thought that your kid should play AAA or, or they wanted to play AAA, you know, you just had the desire, you had those three options. Um, regardless of where you live, you know, if you were in NorCal, Junior Sharks, your only option even if you lived, you know, way, way north. Uh, same, same with SoCal. If your kid is down in San Diego, which, you know, ha a lot of kids, uh, some really good hockey players uh, have come from the San Diego area. Yeah, the Saints are really good some years. Yeah, you had to, uh, you know, if you wanted to play AAA, you had to, you know, come drive maybe, you know, an hour and a half, two hours every, every day to practice from from uh san diego so you have these uh these issues with um you know can you get to where that particular triple a team is even if you know even if your kids uh really really good and, and everybody you know and, and could make it a triple a team hey lance wasn't there a couple of kids on your your child's triple a team that flew in from vegas or is that just a hockey rumor i'm trying to remember because i know um, gosh, I gotta be honest with you. I don't, re I don't remember if it was the, 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 the AAA team that had a, uh, a, but I know we played on a AAA team that had a kid from out of state, um, that was coming in just like for games. Uh, yeah, but that's what I heard. I, I, I heard a couple of stories like that. I just wanted some confirmation. There, there yeah, was... I heard the story too, but I don't think it was directly our team. I mean, there was a kid that, um, I mean, this is going back to like literally um, maybe Pee Wee Minor or even Squirt. Uh, Squirt doesn't have like AAA, but there was a kid that was coming from NorCal, a goalie that was playing on the Ducks team. So yeah, there's, there's some craziness. California is a huge state. When we say NorCal, think 18 hours of driving to get there. Just think 18 hours, maybe 20 if the 405 is, is packed that day. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Do you remind me of a funny story, Randy, that I met, I met a person 
who wasn't from California and didn't know the geographics of it. And I said, and they said, Oh, where are you from? I said, from the LA, uh, from Los Angeles area. And he said, Los Angeles area. He's like, Hey, I have a friend, you know, John Doe, he lives up in San Francisco. Do you know him? And I just <laughs> I'm like, uh, uh, sorry, but like, uh, that's like, practically another state for I challenge you Los next Angeles. time so that happens to be like yes it's amazing I do he always wears the <laughs> flannel right right and then just see if you can press him on it one never knows <laughs> you, you know if you don't ask no you exactly. could be good friends well so now so, I will tell you I think only Randy, a 10 hour drive maybe or eight to ten hour there you go yeah eight to ten I think Randy could probably answer this question because you know one of the concerns as you start to expand and I don't know if this is a function of that or whether it's a function of maybe kids are, are leaving the state for other reasons or whatever. But I did notice that at least, you know, it's early in the season, but like at the 16 AAA level, the highest ranked California team is like 30, you know, which is, you know, back in the heyday of when uh, our boys were going through the program there, you know, there was always a top 10 California team. Yeah, and so that kind of surprises me. I see that, but I, I honestly don't think that we should be worried about the ego of California hockey as much as we are kind of developing more kids. And uh, by the way, I understand there's two sides to this coin. I'm not saying that it's stupid to just have three teams, but I did notice that uh, when there were just three teams to go to, um, how much was uh, your, you, uh, the, the Ducks were around $15,000 a year for AAA. Am, am I right on that, Lance? I mean, when you start including other expenses, uh, yeah, but like the basic fee, uh, gosh, I'm trying to remember. I, I think I meant the base fee that you pay to register that covers the coaches, the ice and everything else. It was around like eight, eight, nine thousand. And then, then there you'd was have to tack 6, onto that. There's tournament. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's 10, you know, there's tournament dues you had to pay. And then, yeah, yeah. You know, the fact that you're in California, so almost every tournament is out of out of state. You're flying places, you're getting hotels. And that's I mean, what I'm saying. The, 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 uh, the Kings and the Ducks program are definitely uh, billed towards people who have um, uh, a, a real um, um, a real bank account to to handle that kind of uh, that kind of expense. Um, some of the smaller clubs, they don't charge the same amount. Uh, and, uh, you know, they might not get, uh, as many of the kind of, I don't know, premier players, but I, I gotta tell you, um, my son couldn't have played on a $16,000 a year team. Uh, he just couldn't, I'm a teacher. Um, I, I, uh, I, I, there's, there's no way for me to, to kind of, I mean, you know, there is of course, uh, uh, selling kidneys, uh, which I don't recommend. I've heard that you you really need those. Uh, and there's I, this know. game, by the way, I don't know if you've heard of it. It's, it's uh, got real popular. It's called squid game. Oh yeah. I heard about that. And that might be an option there. Can I make some money <clears> off <throat> of it? Cause I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and, and, you know, play children's games in order to, as long as you take millions. your, get your, uh, as long as you can convert from Korean currency. Yes, apparently. Oh yeah. But anyway, no, no. I just uh, heard. Anyway, I, I'm what I'm saying is um, there's been a lot of talk on the boards about uh, um, AAA and and people that are on the Kings and the Ducks. We're going to call them Lance kind of people. 
Uh, they get really upset when when their kings and ducks aren't in the top 10 because they can't poach all the good players off of regional teams in order to build their dynasty. I, on the other hand, let's call me Randall, uh, like the idea of having a bunch of regional teams around so that uh, the kings and ducks don't get to set the market and tell everybody who gets to be good and who gets to be bad and promote their own players inside of their organizations over outside players unless they're remarkable, i.e. Lance's sons. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, 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 you know, I'm not, uh, you know, it sounds a, a little like it's both sides of my mouth, but uh, I tend to be on one side, but I don't mind the other argument either, Lance. I mean, if you want to have uh, a top 10 program and you think it brings better things to the state and to the development of more hockey kids, you know, uh, I would look at the data. I would look and see, you know, five years from now, uh, are there more kids in the in NCAA Division Three or Division One? And, you know, that's when I decide whether whether I was right or you're you're right. Right. Now, the other thing, too, I would throw out there, Randy, just to be a little bit of a devil's advocate. And again, like you said, there's you got to prioritize your your wants, your needs and everything else, because, you know, like you said, on the one side, it's extremely expensive to play. But 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 a lot of that is uh, because California is just geographically undesirable. You know, as far as you want to play in competitive games, you're going to have to fly to, you know, to at minimum to Colorado or to St. Louis or to Pittsburgh and Detroit and, and these places. So there's just, because of the limited number of teams out here, you, you're not gonna get that high level. Like you said, in Canada, uh, it's probably half the cost or maybe even lower because they, they play AAA program, you know, 40, 50 games and they probably don't even take an hour bus ride to any of their games because there's so many teams in that area. That's one of the advantages I think that Shattuck St. Mary's had is that being in the state of Minnesota, they were playing against some extremely talented teams all right in their neighborhood. I totally know? agree with you, Lance. I totally agree with you. I, uh, I, am, uh, I, am, I know that you're going to have to pay the cost of travel. Uh, I just, you know, I, I think that, um, well, we'll have to uh, see what the listeners think. Uh, you know, right. is $10,000 you know like from the Kings or $10,000 from the, I don't know what the Sharks are. Uh, is that, does that sound to you? Uh, and then another five for, uh, for these dues. Does that sound to you as if it is something that is okay? Or does it sound as if, my God, Kings and, and Ducks, can you please, please make it a little easier on the regular people who want to get their kids to play hockey. <laughs> right. But oh. I think the question becomes is that can they balance the books because they're traveling either that, or maybe, maybe they do less trips or, or, or something. Uh, the other thing I was going to mention too, that goes into that expense just so that we're at full disclosure here is, uh, and I can only speak to my own personal experience. And that is, is that when you're exposed to the sharks, the kings, and the ducks, at least in my experience, you're getting a lot of uh, uh, you're getting a lot of uh, mentorship, I guess I'll say, from NHL, ex-NHL players. I mean, uh, practically every Kings team, every Ducks team, every Sharks team, somebody on the bench has played in the NHL. You know, the head of the Sharks program. Uh, incredibly nice gentleman that I've met before, 
you know, he played like 15 years in the NHL. You know, the, the John and Chris's coach at the Kings played, uh, you know, 10, 15 years in the NHL. The current 16 coach played for the Kings in the NHL. Like every, every where you turn, you're being uh, tutored. And, you know, and, and just because you, you played at a high level doesn't mean you can coach at a high level. But at least, you know, I always felt like, well, at least they knew the sacrifices it took to get there, you know? That, that is true. Although uh, I, you could also counter that and say that there's also any number of uh, ex-NHL players that have been at these other regional clubs. I mean, I could name uh, un- quite a number that, um, and then coaches do move around and go from club to club as well. Um, so, but, but you're not wrong. I mean, there's no doubt that you, you know, that's been a thing at the Kings and the, and the ducks that, you know, you look at the, the coaching lineups and there's, they're littered with, uh, you know, NHL players that, that you've heard of that had, you know, some have had, you know, really distinguished careers as well. So uh, absolutely true. Um, but I, I, I want to throw my two cents there and, and just ask the question to begin with, which is if this was the supposition that, limiting opportunities to these clubs was going to make uh, make California hockey competitive nationally. Um, the first thing that everybody brings up is that the Sharks traditionally have not been one of the clubs that has been able to, um, to have those, those high rankings. Um, so that's, that's one thing. That, and, and I think a lot of this has to do with just the availability of players. And, and you know, in NorCal, there's less there's less uh, hockey families there just because of the population and the and the uh, uh, access to rinks and whatnot uh, than there is in SoCal, especially if you you know include uh, San Diego and, and call SoCal, you know, everything from maybe Bakersfield down to down to um, San Diego, there's a lot more kids playing. Do and, we have to acknowledge Bakersfield? Um, <laughs> but, well, um, yeah, you know, I, I heard rumor that we might have a Bakersfield uh, a guest at some point. That, that would be exciting. Uh, so, that's true. Um, that's uh, why I'm, I'm kind of hitting him already. Uh, I do have a friend from Bakersfield who who might be uh, coming on the show to, to do a, a, a quick uh, question and answer. And, may, uh, and maybe people don't know, but uh, you know, Bakersfield is home to the uh, Condors who are, who's the, the uh, um, AHL team for the Oilers. So uh, it's, it's, it's a hockey town for sure. Happening place. But anyway, um, you know, it, what it was supposed to do maybe to, to limit, this uh, i don't know that it's it's worked and um um you know a lot of people have been debating quite a bit what what has happened in in california in terms of um the fact that there's been a a a big exodus of of kids at at a certain age group uh leaving the state to play hockey in other locations And, and lance you would be a prime example of that in that your sons went to Shattuck. So, and so would you go to Raleigh? <clears throat> yeah. I mean, to a lesser <laughs> anyway. So <laughs> um, the, you know, um, 
and and I guess I guess we have to say, you know, part of why you're bringing this up is that this year, for the first time, they really loosened up the um, the reins on the limitations, and there has been some exceptions here and there over the years. Uh, did didn't did you not, uh, Lance? Did did you guys also not? Did you play on the on the Torson Bears AAA team? Uh, that one we year. did yes yeah so i mean that that was one exception to the rule where they went up to triple a for a year then they went back but anyway now there's so it went from like you know in in most of these divisions three teams to well now maybe there's five six depending on the age group um so there's certainly a lot more but it's not like it it went you know from three to, to 14 or something uh, and, uh, you know, the other, the other thing as you were saying that, you know, you can attest to as much as anybody, uh, is that when you, when you would in the, in years past, your, your, um, your season of California hockey entailed basically what six games, because there was two, two other teams to play against and, or maybe it was, yeah, well, I, I mean, you could tell me you played the other teams like three times each. And, and that's yeah, I think it was three or four times each. Like maybe it was two there, two here. Yeah. So, and, so yeah, you might play 12 games in uh, yeah, the year we played, I think we played 12 California games in like a 55 game season. And then you compare that to maybe like on the East coast where you can play and be in a league where, you know, there's, you can play 35, 40 games within a league and it's you know, or maybe you're playing maybe there's 14 15 teams clubs 16 and you're and most of those teams you're playing are you're driving you know it might be an hour might be an hour and a half might be two hours uh and uh you're not having to get on a plane which is what um you know anybody that was that's playing in california has to do currently you know like you were saying for geographic reasons and the other thing that that goes into that is that um if you're getting on a plane a lot aside from the expense, which is, you know, not in, in no way, a, you know, a minor factor for a lot of people. Um, but also your kids missing a lot of school uh, due to taking plane trips for weekend, you know, and I'm not saying that, that you don't miss, you know, miss some school if you play elsewhere. But uh, Raleigh, I do want to interject. These are California schools. Right. Oh, here we go. Yeah, there's. There, I don't know if really that much is being missed. Uh, that was just some flavor out there for for my California. I knew friends. Randy was going to go there. Well, yeah, I had to go there, man. I'm sorry. Three forty-five a.m. I am leaving my house tomorrow to get on a plane to go to Minnesota. So when you're talking about the plane, all I'm thinking of is the pain of tonight's three hours of sleep. Uh, and uh, to get back to uh, the uh, missing education, I'm sorry, California educators, I love you. I, I love you. Don't don't be mad at me. I just had to take a cheap shot. Well, the, especially that the school year one. <laughs> now that the school year goes for um, what is it up to ten months a year now? <laughs> we <Exactly>. start <laughs> start in January and uh, school will end in uh, in November. I mean, it just seems like there's no summer anymore for kids. Anyway. Yeah, that was the vote for uh, that was one of the considerations about going to uh, uh, to a place like Shattuck or any other private school was the fact that while you're 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 still getting on a bus and you're missing games, 
at least everything was factored into the curriculum, you know? Right. It wasn't like I had to get permission that my kid's going to miss a test on Friday. You know, the, 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 the school was built around these athletic programs. So your kid never was gone for the teacher would never assign a test because he knew everyone's schedule and knew the commitments and they would schedule around it. Yeah. And, and I, me, I have, go ahead. Uh, well, I, I just, I, I've got to, you know, just uh, do some truth telling here. And, um, you know, I, th this is a fact of what happened to us. Um, my, my son missed uh, a couple of Fridays and, uh, the, the teacher's attitude was tough, you know, and, and, uh, he, he lost in two different, two different courses. He lost about, a a, a, a grade level because the teachers, uh, would not let him make up tests that he that he missed. They gave him literally a zero on a test in two different courses. And this was a, when he was a freshman in high school. And uh, you, there's a very combative attitude with a lot of schools in California because uh, they're, the, the public schools are incented to have you know, butts in chairs every day and, and you get that constant pressure. And I, I really went, you know, went all the way to the, the principal on this. And so, you know, let, truthfully, what a lot of people say, you have to, you actually literally have to play a game where you have to lie and say, and have, and call in your kids sick and say, yeah, sorry, my kid's sick. They, they had to miss, you know, it's ridiculous. You can't say, you can't tell the truth of, yeah, my kid's uh, playing hockey and he's going to miss, you know, a couple of Fridays because he's going to some tournament in Minnesota or something. Uh, it's kind of ridiculous. Telling the truth is never getting you ahead in California. I don't believe there's been a single time in the history of California politics, culture, or anything where telling the truth um, actually helped out uh, the average person. I, uh, I, I uh, just a side note. Uh, I, I remember telling uh, my job that I was going on my honeymoon. Uh, I had just gotten married. You can imagine, uh, and uh, they took me aside and said, you know. Uh, you, you, you know, we knew the marriage thing was coming, but, um, you know, uh, to take two days off for your honeymoon. I, I was going on a weekend honeymoon. I wasn't going on a two week. Uh, this was at a major uh, institution. I'm not going to say UCLA because that would, that would be, that would be wrong to say it, but let's say it was UCLA. <laughs> uh, so I'm dealing with, with a supervisor. I am just a adjunct professor. I'm not a big deal. Uh, I'm missing two days of classes and it is for my honeymoon and they raked me over the coals for it. And I tell you ever since then, every time anything happens anywhere, I am sick. I am sick because there is no, if I am going to take it in the gut for a honeymoon, a weekend honeymoon, I am no longer telling the truth to anybody except for you. Yeah. Well, now we've, now the we've loyal uh... listener. You know, this could be one of the most valuable episodes ever. Like, yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, listen, when if your kid's playing hockey and they're going to miss a day of school, uh, you got to lie. You got to call yep. them in sick and tell just them lie. and teach them to lie. Yep. Uh, they need to to keep the lie going as well. Bella, just hey, where were you on Friday? Just start. Oh, just start yeah, just start like uh, you know, make your kid into a walking wounded. Just have a series of rotating diseases that your child has. Uh, uh, I don't know if that's really good for your soul, but I'm telling you, Raleigh, it's the you know, boy, yeah, did that you know, oh, my bursitis was was acting up again. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Oh uh, yeah. 
my emphysema. Yeah, I'm a heavy make smoker. That test. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, so anyway, uh, guys, uh, I did have one, one more thing I wanted to try. If you don't mind, uh, I was going to ask the question. Um, cause we often talk about like new rules are being piled in and new things are being piled out. Uh, what is something, one thing, if you could take away from youth hockey, uh, and make, uh, it a better place for everyone. Um, and, and my, my, uh, what I would, what I would contribute here is I would love to see the anger get out of youth hockey. Uh, I see these angry parents in the stands, uh, and around the, the boards. And I, I literally, I saw one guy pull their eight year old kid off and stagger him into a corner where he could dominate him and shout down at this little face about what he was doing. And the kid wanted to get back out on the ice so he didn't have to deal with his dad. And his dad said, no, you're not going back out there because you're not doing what I told you. And I am looking at that and I am seeing such a breach in in all of the things that we hold dear between kids and parents. Uh, and, and I just... I think anger is one of the most useless things to bring to a rink. I think on the ice, it turns into, you know, like somebody calling somebody a name or somebody trying to hurt somebody. Or I think, uh, you know, uh, tenacious, uh, rough, I don't care. That's all great. But anger, I think uh, if we could get rid, and I know this is kind of a flower child feeling here, but if I could take one thing away from youth hockey, is I would tell everybody to turn the temperature down. Those uh, on anger, on on tenacity. No, you can you can be the you can go for that puck and 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 absolutely, you know, put your entire life force into playing the sport. But please don't then hurl, uh, uh, you know, say you're gonna blanking kill somebody because they they you know did something wrong or uh, you know it, it just it's there's no reason for it uh and there's no place for it uh on the ice or off the ice and that is my what i would take away from hockey how about you guys do you have any i i didn't prepare you for this so i'm 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 just uh i'm throwing it out there is there anything well, before you would I, well before i answer grandy i was going to ask you because i think you have exposure to this i don't but I think I told you like many, many moons ago, I was taking my normal walk through the park and I happened to cross an AYSO game, a soccer game. And they had a huge sign uh, hammered into the grass where basically it was saying like, you're now entering a safe zone. And it had all these rules that if you breach their perimeter, you had to abide by these rules. And, you know, it's basically... Uh, peace and love was was the gist of all the different things. I, I think did your did did your daughter someone play AYSO? So you know what I'm talking about or no? Oh yeah, yeah no. Uh, we've seen those. By the way, those rules aren't followed to the letter at every game <laughs> that I've seen. <laughs> but yeah, go ahead. Uh, okay, so yeah, I, I want to answer the question kind of two ways because I, I, there was an answer that I've lived with for many many years. But now, uh, as I've gotten older, I, I have a different answer. So, you know, maybe this will help give people perspective on how you change. Because I think in, in the boys' younger days of youth hockey, I was kind of a huge advocate of, uh, of competitive win-at-all-costs hockey and, uh, and developmental hockey. I felt like there should be two types of leagues you could choose from. And when you choose to go into the win at all costs. And you have to accept 
that, hey, you know what? Your kid may never play and you're going to pay all the money and your kid may never play if the coaches don't feel he's good enough. Or you go down to the development league where everyone has to play equally. And, and I kind of thought that was a great approach to take. And that way everyone kind of understood what they were getting themselves into. But now that I've been, been exposed to this for so many years and have talked to so many scouts and so many coaches and so many, uh, you know, higher level junior coaches, college coaches, et cetera, I kind of feel like, okay, you know, based on what they're telling me, that's just a completely flawed theory because in their minds, uh, until you reach like junior level, in their minds, every league is developmental league and every league, every kid should play equally and every kid should play the power play and every kid should play the penalty kill and, and have all these different exposures, you know, and, I, and, and if that's what they're telling me, then, I, then I'm going to believe them. You know, they're saying that, you know, these they've seen too many times these peewee coaches, these squirt coaches who are win at all costs. And he said, I promise them that if their team wins the squirt triple A championship, they will not be getting job offers from the NHL the next year. It will not happen. They, the way you move up through the ladder, they said, is by continually developing your players. And you only do that by exposing them to everything. So if I could remove one thing, it would be the short bench uh, at all levels from 18 below. And if you go to juniors, then, you know, it's kind of like mini, mini minor league hockey. And you, you know, then it's now no, you know, all bets are off and you earn your pet, you earn your play. I think that's a nice thought, my friend. I, I, I like that one as well. Coach. Yeah, um, well, I, I have I have something different I'm going to bring up, but but I wanted to add to uh, what Lance was saying, which is, um, yeah, there's this there's a certain group of people who have this strong belief that, you know, if well, okay, I I, I want to be I want to know how I, I can say this well. Um, let let me start. Like hockey's a team sport there's too many people invested in, you know, team success. And granted there, there are kids that are extremely good on every team, you know, that the, the best, you know, most people, if you're watching your team, you, you know, who the, the couple of best kids are, but, um, but it's still, it's still a team sport. You can take like, you know, put, put a really good kid at U 14, U 15, U 16, whatever. And, um, you know, even if they're like one of the best players, let's say in the region, take another team that has kids that in general aren't as good, but overall they have a, a more, more, uh, you know, a more well-rounded team and, and you'll see time to, and, and they're well coached and everyone's, you know, knows their role and, and whatnot, you know, that, that team with the, with the superstar, routinely loses to the team that just has more depth and, and uh, you know, you see this all the time. You see it at every level of hockey, um, you know, amateur pro, um, you know, semi-pro, whatever, where a really good team can bit can beat a team that has, you know, one or two players that are, that are exceptional because it's a team sport and there's too many people that are, you know, it, it start out way early with this uh, what, you know, we're, 
our team is so good and we're way better than this other team. And, you know, all this discussion of that, it's like, uh, yeah, I mean, who cares really? Like uh, what's important is, you know, is your, is, does your kid want to come back next season? Are they, are they having a good experience? Are, are, you know, are they, are they being demoralized by what's going on with the, you know, their lack of playtime or whatnot. And uh, yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. It's, it's, I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's a, uh, it's a marathon, not a, you know, not a sprint. And, well, uh, and that would be a great topic at some point for us to talk about how your kid fits into the team uh, and, and, and how to notice if the, if the kid is, is happy or, or prospering in a, in a, in a, in, you know, in their own right, in their own emotional uh, right. Because let's face it, if your kid is unhappy, uh, you are doing everyone a disservice at that point, um, you know, uh, no matter how good the team is around him. Yeah, and, uh, the, and the other thing is, um, yeah, this, is this was, you know, something that goes along with the AAA talk and, and you know, that this idea that um, <clears throat> if, if one team beats up another team, on a particular day, then those teams should never play. That was a waste of time for the team that, you know, if a team wins by five goals or six goals or seven, if it's a blowout, then that other team that got blown out, they had no business being on the ice with that superior team. And California hockey has, uh, has screwed up and, uh, you know, put these, put these inferior players on the ice with these better players. And this is a travesty. And, you know, the, so many times it's like, well, maybe in two years later, you know, the, the, uh, that other team is better than the team that they were blown out by. Uh, yeah, so the roles are reversed. Yeah. Well, and, and well, just in general, like who, who is harmed by an occasional blowout? It, it, you know, it, at the end of the day, you look at scores, it happens at every level of hockey. Uh, there's a, there's a day when one team has a great day and another team has a bad day or, the puck just bounces real good for you. I mean, there's been plenty of games where, um, you know, one team beats another team by three or four goals. And you, if you just look at the score sheet, you say whatever. And then, but if you were there, you saw that the team that lost, you know, four to one, um, the, the other team's goalie uh, had a great game and, and you got no bounces and maybe a couple of softies went in. And, but o- otherwise the team that lost really outplayed the other team. Well, that doesn't show up on the score sheet. So if you just look at, at scores, it's uh, it's kind of a one-sided thing. But uh, my main point was like, you know, I, I was on the, the uh, wrong side of plenty of drubbings uh, growing up. And there was just in that era, there was never any concern about it. And, and certainly parents didn't get invested and their egos didn't get invested in it. And, uh, you know, they it used to be a discussion of, of sportsmanship that, you know, be a, be a good winner and a good loser. And so maybe taking the so maybe taking the ego out would be a uh, decent thing to do as well. Uh, Lance, would you like to bring us home on this? We've been we've been talking for a while. I think this is the uh, end of the podcast, and I think Lance is the one to bring it home. Well, I was going to say just really quick, just to reiterate what what you said, Raleigh, was the fact that we were we we were on a team, and there was there was uh, there was a team that had like two or three superstars that were just elite in the league. And of course they, um, they were at the top of the league in the standings and they dominated teams. And, and just to your point, when we got to the playoffs, I, I'll never forget the coach sat down and said, look, I'm picking you guys. He picked like three or four guys who were the very top players on our team. 
And he said, look, when that, when that line hits the ice, you're going to be on the ice. And I don't want you thinking about scoring. I don't want you to think about offense. You're going to be double teaming. You're going to be triple teaming. You're going to be smothering these guys. These guys don't touch the puck. And it's going to come down to, like you said, it's going to come down to our role players versus their role players. And we'll see who has the better team. And, you know, at the end of the day, um, we blew them out because the rest of their players had never been in a position to have to like have to score, have to do something, have to be relied on. Whereas like you said, our team was rolling four lines uh, equally and everyone contributed equally, you know? So that just, I think really drives home um, your point. And, and really quickly too, Randy, I wanted to mention, because I know there's so much about talk about this whole development and, and my kid needs to be on the AAA team or he's not going to be doing justice to himself and his skill level. You know, I had that argument presented to me hundreds of times. And I just, you know, I'll be open and tell everyone, here was, here was the progression of my sons. My sons played might be, might be, squirt A, squirt A, peewee A, peewee double A, Bantam triple A, uh, and then uh they went to Shattuck, so they played 15, six, you know, 14, 15, 16, AAA, Ducks, AAA, um, Ducks, 18, AAA. And the reason I mention that is because, and Randy knows all well, there were certain kids who, who, who kind of left uh, the local programs, uh, and I knew multiple kids, and they were playing might, I, I guess, the highest level of might you could play at that time, which was probably might A. I think it's Mike triple A or quadruple. I think it's four A's before Mike's because that's, that's what we need. Exactly. And all these guys were convinced that that's the, that was the secret to success. And so they played Mike A, they played squared triple A, peewee triple A. And I'll never forget, you know, when the time was right, we made the move to, to the triple A program uh, after years and years of playing what I consider developmental hockey. And, uh, and my, my sons were, were two of the best players on that AAA program against players uh, who had played their whole life AAA. So it didn't hurt their development one bit, number one. And number two, there were certain kids who uh, I was referring to you, Randy, that you know, there were certain kids that didn't even make those teams after all those years and ended up dropping down to Bantam AA uh, because they, they, they just weren't at the level that my sons had been at. So you know, I guess the point is, is that there's a lot of different paths to get to the same place. That's a great way to bring it home, uh, Lance. Uh, I, I, I want to thank all the listeners for, uh, for stick, sticking with us. Uh, I would ask you guys out there, if at all possible, uh, send us an email, let us know what we can do or what topic we can do to make your life a little easier. Uh, because really, uh, we're, we're here to hopefully help people get through uh, uh, the, the hockey, uh, landscape a little bit better than we did <laughs> because, uh, we made mistakes. We'd love to be able to help you, uh, make fewer mistakes. So from everyone at, uh, the youth hockey podcast, thank you so much. Anything else, gentlemen, keep listening, tell your friends. Yes. Thank you. Okay. Thanks a lot, guys. <laughs> Remember to visit Gabe Gifford Hockey. The link is in the description and the webpage below.